0: gm updates galore we have so much to discuss when it comes to the search to start off today's show Elliot freeman provided a lot of details in the latest episode of 32 Thons. i'm going to give my analysis on that coming up right after this you're locked on penguins your daily podcast on the pittsburgh penguins part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Yes, I was supposed to have an episode on Wednesday. Had a couple things come up. I've also been having some weird, I don't know, dental problems, I guess. Something has been, I don't know, I don't think anything's truly big wrong with my teeth, but I feel like at times they hurt. So I just wasn't feeling 100% for this episode. That was the first one I have missed in about a month. But, you know, I'm back now and, you know, we'll be rocking and rolling moving forward. So let's just jump right into it. So I was able to listen to Elliot Freeman's 32 thoughts, and he had a lot to say when it comes to the Penguins and their GM search. Spent about five to six to seven minutes on it. And the first thing that I wanted to discuss that really jumped out at me, wow, do the Penguins like John Chaika? The way he was talking about Chaika, from what he was told, it honestly just seems like he's the favorite to get at least one of the positions that they're reportedly hiring. And Elliot did confirm they met with him. And I did not know this before. But apparently, Chica, who of course is the former Arizona Coyote general manager, he was there for four seasons before he got fired. He has a lot of current and former relationships with members of the Fenway sports group, so he is in, you know, I guess in league with them, if you want to say that. He knows them very well, and that's why I think you're seeing him very high up on their list in terms of, you know, president of hockey operations and a general manager. I also will say I think Fenway thinks that he could be in a better situation here. Let's be honest here, people. And I, and I kind of glossed over the fact about this when I was talking about chica because I'm not really that big on him, and his tenure there wasn't super good just because he left and the scouting combat violations. But you do have to take into account he was a general manager of the Arizona Coyotes, a team that is destined to stink, it feels like, for forever. He did get a playoff berth out of one of those seasons, but it also was mainly just because of the COVID year when a 24 teams got in. But he also had a really bad ownership situation. He really wasn't allowed to add that much, though. So he did add Jacob Chikrin, which was good. And he added a couple. He traded for Taylor Hall, if I'm not mistaken, and a couple other really good players there, too. So You know, he got them to the playoffs, which was nice. But, you know, some of his other acquisitions were kind of eh. Again, scouting common violations. He went behind their backs and sought out other opportunities. And I guess in in a little bit of a sense, I don't blame him just because Arizona is such a really bad situation. But on the other hand, I'm like, dude, when you are committed to an organization, you cannot go behind their backs like that. But – Obviously, I think Fenway probably asked him about that and the violations and just everything in between about his tenure there. And it looks like they are pretty high on him. So I think if he were to get one of these two jobs, I wouldn't be, I guess, super upset he's better than some of the other candidates that are here in the race. I would personally like him as the president of hockey operations with a younger general manager below him that can call the shots for the most part. Well, I guess they would be in the league together making the decisions jointly, but I would still rather have a, you know, just a younger general manager, maybe one who has never been a GM before but is ready for it, rather than still, I guess, a retread in some way. You know, again, Chaika, not the worst option, but you know, someone but he's still not someone who would be at the top of my list. But that was the main thing that jumped out to me. They really seem to like him, and I would not be surprised if they do hire him in some capacity. Stay tuned for my prediction about what, how the front office will look towards the end of this segment. Another thing that really jumped out to me, Freeman did confirm that they have started Phase 2, and he said if it's not John Chaika, and he basically confirmed that he's getting a second interview, he said a few names that he's hearing for Round 2 are Dan McKinnon, Eric Tolski, my number one target, And Matthew Darsh, the assistant general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. You really can't go wrong with any of those three candidates. Darsh, he comes from a winning situation in Tampa Bay. He's worked under Julian Brisbaugh. I believe he was also there when Steve Eiserman was there before he went to Detroit. He knows what he's doing. I'm all in favor of hiring from a winning organization um, in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Even though they had that weird Tanner Genot trade, Julian Brisbaugh's work is second to none. He is mostly flawless as a general manager, would very much welcome that hire. Dan McKinnon, I did not know this until Wednesday, in fact, when a couple people pointed it out on social media. He was one of the first, if not the first, one of the first people to bring analytics into the Penguins organization about a decade ago. He was hired in 2006, worked until 2016. He brought analytics to Ray Shiro for the first time. They used them under under Jim Rutherford, and, you know, apparently – I I never really listened to him during the draft, but some people say he always knew what he was talking about. The more I learn about him and look him up and stuff, the more I I am intrigued about him as a candidate. I don't think I would be upset at all. He's done really good things with the Devils front office. The Devils have been making some very smart decisions for the last couple of years under Tom Fitzgerald. They've also built a really strong front office around him. I would be definitely in favor of that. And then obviously last but not least – you don't need any introduction when it comes to Eric Tolsky. Not surprised that he is into phase two and getting a second interview. Again, if you you know what I'm going to say. If it was up to me, he would get the GM job. He is ready for it. And I definitely think Fenway is going to give him every shot in the world to go in there and take it. The only interesting situation will be now that he's getting a second interview. The Eastern Conference Final is about to start right now. So, how is that going to work? I, I would assume he would finish off his duties to Carolina before starting his whole time work in Pittsburgh, if he were to get the gig, but you know, I don't, I, I, I don't think he would leave during, you know, the end of a, of a, a run, you know, they're they are eight wins away from a Stanley Cup final at this point. You know, maybe they could be waiting for him to, if there are hurricanes to lose to the Panthers, obviously if that would happen. He's their pick. He would come in early June because that's when the series is expected to end. But that's all depending on whether Tolski gets the job or not. Another thing that really stood out to me was Friedman's talk about Jason Botrell. We, we, you know, we've heard all about it from Dan Kovacovic and Josh Yowie and Frank Sorali and Pierre Lebrun. But Friedman said he's gotten some mixed messages when it comes to Botterill's candidacy. He said in some instances, he's accepted interviews and in some he has not. He said, he's really not sure if he's truly in this race right now. So, that was interesting to say the least. He didn't really mention him in the in phase two, so we'll have to see if that gets leaked out. Would we'll not be surprised if he doesn't want to leave a good situation there in Seattle. Honestly, same with Tolski too. But again, there are only 32 of these. You know, m- most people I think would jump at this opportunity, even though it's not you know the greatest, you know, situation with your core being a bit older. I still think a lot of people would be interested in this gig, especially Bottle, who you know who knows this organization well. So that was interesting, to say the least. And then Freeman did say, as all well, he heard that the Penguins actually might not go to a full present hockey ops slash GM. They might just hire a GM and then use the remaining money to promote people from other organizations to come here and have more of a say in the hockey ops. That was pretty interesting to me. And we'll be curious to see if the Penguins do that because you know it's been widely reported that they are going to go president of hockey ops and GM. Which I, I mean, I personally think they will, and that's going to lead me to my prediction in a couple of seconds. But you know, that was also a pretty fascinating thing that Elliot said. You know, a GM, and then maybe about a bunch, of, maybe an associate GM, a couple of assistants, you know some. Other directors of hockey ops and stuff, remember the Penguins want to build out their analytics community. Could that be Cam Lawrence who they've spoken to? Freeman also, they spoke to Sam Ventura. Could he get a promotion here after getting promoted from Pittsburgh to Buffalo? be really interested to see that. As well, Elliot did say Jason Carmanos could be into phase two, Steve Greeley as well. But he said he's not fully able to confirm those two, Steve Greeley. In Dallas, Jason Kamanos knows the city, knows the team. He worked here. He actually hired Sam Ventura. And then he is in Buffalo now as an assistant general manager. But it looks like you know we're starting to get closer to this thing wrapping up. A few, only a few names were mentioned for round two interviews. No mention of Mark Bergman or Peter Shirelli in that round two. Obviously, they were mentioned for round one. And of course, my dog is barking about that because he does not want Mark Bergman or Peter Shirelli, of course. But again. That was good news. But I I would think I don't think it's going to be at the end of this week. I know there was some speculation about that. I would personally think end of next week at the earliest, probably the week after is more realistic. But I think definitely in these next couple of weeks, they want to get this finalized, especially by June 1st, because after that, Yin's got three, three and a half weeks before the NHL draft. You got to get this new regime in here. Get your draft your draft scouting done, your profiles, all that. Get ready for free agency. Get to know the team. Think, figure out what moves you want to make for free agency and trades. It's it's going to be a race to July 1st. So you do want to get this done sooner rather than later. You don't want to rush into it. You want to make sure you get the right hires right. But, you know, I, I do think they, they should be wanting to get this done pretty soon. And that leads me to my prediction here to leave you off going in the final, into this next segment. I think John Chica is going to be the president of Hockey Operations, and I think Eric Tolski is going to be the GM. I think there's too much smoke around Chica right now for him to not get at least – you know, one of the two reported jobs that the Penguins are looking to hire. And in terms of Tolsky, he is the most ready of the assistant general managers out there. I think this team needs new fresh blood. Am I being maybe a little optimistic? Yes, just because he is my number one target. But I think that will be a pretty sound office. It's it's an area I can get behind for Chayka being here. I don't think I would want to have him as a GM and then someone be above him. Maybe if you can have him be the GM and have some other people around him that are smart and can help with hockey-related decisions. That could also work, but right now, my prediction, Chayko for President Hockey Ops, Eric Tolsky for GM. So let me know what you think down in the comments. For, if you're watching on YouTube, you can also send me a DM and all that stuff. What do you think of my prediction, and what do you think of these latest new rumors regarding the Penguins' front office? Just wanted to, you know, just get some feedback from you all because you all take the time to listen to me a about the team, So I uh, and I obviously very much appreciate it. So... That does it for this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to to get into Jeff Petrie's season review, what I liked, what I did not like, and whether he can improve heading into next season. So that's coming up after this commercial break. But before we dig into that, we do have to discuss our newest sponsor of Locks on NHL, Bird Dogs. Are you tired of sacrificing comfort for style when it comes to your active wear well, we're introducing bird dogs, the game changer and athletic shorts. Picture this premium shorts designed for maximum performance combined with unparalleled comfort. Bird dogs are here to revolutionize your workout routine with their unique built in liner. These shorts offer ultimate support and flexibility, ensuring you stay comfortable during even the most intense workouts. And here's the best part. Bird dogs are more than just workout gear. They're versatile enough to take you from the gym to the street without skipping a beat. Designed with pockets that actually work. Bird Dogs give you ample space to store your essentials while you're on the move. They're also made with premium, breathable fabric that keeps you cool and dry throughout your activities. Perfect for the trails, the gym, or just lounging around. They are the shorts you have been searching for. Order your pair of Bird Dogs today and join the thousands of satisfied customers who have made the switch. Visit birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. Enter promo code locked on NHL to get a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Board dogs, where style means comfort and performance means perfection. Get yours now and unleash your true potential. We're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at Works for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all. Platform. So let's just jump into Jeff Petrie's season review. Continuing our season review series here. We're well a little over a month into the off season, and we're going to be probably done with a lot of these players by I would say early June. We we'll still have the coaching staff and all that stuff to do. But Petrie this season: sixty-one games, five goals, thirty-one points. Had four more points than they did last year. And last season: sixty-eight games, six goals, twenty-seven points. But the year before that: four, you know, twelve goals, forty-two points in fifty-five games. That was actually. The fourth of four seasons in a row where he scored 11-plus goals. Also the fourth season in a row where he scored 40-plus points since then. His numbers have gone down a little bit. Underlying-wise, this season, Jeff Petrie, when he was on the ice, the Penguins had almost 52% of the shot attempts, 51% of the actual goals for, 54% of the expected goal share, 51.8% of the scoring chances, 53% of the high-danger chances, and 51% of the High danger goal score. So when you look at those numbers, it's like, okay, you know, decent enough numbers for a number two defenseman above break even, That stuff you want to see. But then when you sit down and you watch him, it's it's like you're watching the complete opposite of a player, where it's someone who's not controlling the shot attempts, who's not controlling the scoring chances. I don't think he did enough in the offensive zone this season. I honestly think just most of his game was, eh. And I say that as someone who was, Very much looking forward to Jeff Petrie this season. Remember, last July, I was thrilled that the Penguins got him. I was obviously upset that they traded Mike Matheson to get him because I thought Matheson had the best season of his career in 2021-2022. But still, Jeff Petrie, he just had a strong end of the season under Marty St. Louis, had 21 points in his final 30 games. It's like, hell yeah, that's what I want to see. But he comes over here, and I just don't think he ever truly got going. And, and I, I know he was hurt for a little bit of this season, missed twenty games, had a believe I believe, he, I believe it was what, what a wrist injury from what I recall. And even after that, wasn't the same. Wasn't the same before it. I just don't think he lived up to the expectations because he was supposed to form that formidable one-two punch with Chris Latang. And I just don't think it ever truly got going in the way that the Penguins hoped it was going to go. And you all know me, I was never really a fan of most of Ron Hextall's moves. This was one where I was actually excited about. You remember the video I posted, if you were listening or watching at the time, to the YouTube channel back last July where I did that 12 to 15 analysis video and I thought he was going to make a true difference at five on five and on the power play. And he just never really did. He had a couple solid games, especially the game against Tampa Bay late in the season where he had two goals. He had the game against Washington earlier in the season where he had a goal and just looked like a really good defenseman in that game. Other, otherwise, I just don't think he ever got going. And I'm a little concerned about, about that going into the season. You know, he still signed for a couple more years. $6.25 million. I know people, I've seen people on their mock GM, cat friendlies. So, oh, you could trade him. You could trade him. Guys. I don't think that's going to happen. If you are trading Jeff Petrie, A, you need to find someone who can replace him, which at that point, you need not one, but two, brand new top four defensive, because no offense, Chad is not coming up there and giving you top four minutes. And then on the other side, I don't think Ty Smith is going to come up there and re- give you top four minutes. And I don't know if P.O. Joseph can do that on a consistent basis right now. So... You're kind of screwed if you do that. Number two, and, and also if you do decide to trade him, you're probably going to have to give up a draft pick. A team is not going to be, be like, oh, we'll take Petrie off your hands, no problem. They're not going to be like what Ron Hexall did with Mikhail Kyle and, and, and him be like, oh yeah, I won't ask you to retain money. I'll just take his whole 5 million cap for the next two years, salary cap damn yeah. Most of the GMs now, like a, good, a good chunk of them, are pretty smart. So, I think you also have to deal with that. I'm not really interested in the Penguins giving up a first or a high second to get out of Jeff Petrie's contract. So they are stuck with that. You can only truly hope that he finds his game again next season. And And I'm not trying to just pick on him or rag on him so much because I think at times he was good this season, but still I think he was just okay a lot of other times. Nothing about him truly impressed me. You just have to hope that he gets back to the level that we saw from him in 2020, 2021, in the shortened season where, again, 12 goals, 42 points in those 55 games, almost at a point per game that season. Even before then in Montreal, a couple years before, you know, 46 points 82 games, that's half a point per game. Solid numbers for Petrie. If he can get back to, you know, producing like that, then I think the Penguins will be in pretty decent shape going into next season. You know, my, my grade overall for him, probably give him about a C, C-minus, just painfully average to a little below average. Not what I was expecting, and he needs to be better next season. With the money that the Penguins are paying him, you can't just afford to be average on the second pair. So that wraps up my season review for Jeff Petrie. Also, maybe you like to see him get a little less power play time. I don't really think he was anything special on the power play. Yes, he can boom it. But I don't really think the second probably did anything when he was on the ice. I would honestly just let someone else quarterback that at that rate. Maybe like Pedersen, who was showing off his offensive abilities. P.O. Joseph with his offensive abilities later in the season. I would maybe give them a little more reps on that. But, again, that wraps up this segment when it comes to Jeff Petrie's season review. Coming up in the final segment, we have some news about Mike Vellucci, plus a feel-good story surrounding Sidney Crosby and why he continues to be such a class actor. Off the ice. That's all coming up right after this commercial break. But before we jump into that, we do have to discuss eBay motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. If it's the same when it comes to your vehicle, every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay motors with eBay guaranteed fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit. Or you'll get your money back because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's very easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guarantee Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. you to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Eleanor Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. So, late Wednesday night, we did get some info regarding the Anaheim Ducks coaching search, and this plays into what I'm about to talk about. According to Frank Sarvalli, he says Pat, GM Pat Verbeek has talked to Roughly 468 candidates. Um, Frank, I'm sorry, sir. I don't think I've talked to 468 people in my lifetime. I know I'm a bit young. I'm 25. I'll be 26 in about six months. I have not talked to almost 500 people in my life. So it's good to exaggerate a little bit there. But still, I just got a kick out of that. But he did say he can he can confirm three names on the list. Andrew Brunette, who is the assistant coach of the New Jersey Devils. Spencer Carberry, who was with the Toronto Maple Leafs under Sean Keefe, and Mike Vellucci, assistant coach for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I am not surprised that he continues to get looks for head coaching gigs because why? Well, remember, he got a couple of looks last year. He was in contention for the Flyers gig before John Tortorella was hired, and he was also in contention for the Chicago Blackhawks gig before Luke Richardson was hired there, along with Todd Reardon. So, I do think the time is coming when um, no, when Vellucci is going to be a head coach, and I am trying not to sound like a total mean person here, but I think it's going to be good for the organization when he leaves. I personally do not think he is that good of an assistant coach. If it were up to me, I would make changes to the assistant coaches and bring in some. Better people to surround Mike Sullivan. I don't think Volucci's done a really good job with the, with the penalty kill. It was really bad for a lot of this season. It used to be a strength of this team. and It is not anymore. I also think part of that is him losing some actual PKers, and you know maybe Teddy Bluger and Zach Mies and Brandon Tam. That had definitely has something to do with it. But he hasn't been able to adjust on the fly, and I think that speaks to just him not being that good of a PK coach. Some of his work with the forwards was honestly not that good. You know, I know Todd Reardon does the defenseman, and the power play, Vellucci does the forwards, but the bottom six wasn't really super good this season. I'm not going to put all that on Vellucci, but you know, he wasn't able to get more out of those players as an assistant coach. And that kind of just sours me a little bit, but I do think the time is coming when he's going to be a head coach. There's just too much smoke around it. And when that time does happen, I think it'll be good for both parties because obviously Vellucci, he gets a head coaching gig. He gets to run his own show and for the Penguins, They can bring in a new assistant coach who can maybe do better with the penalty kill and can can do better with maybe some of the forwards, especially in the bottom six. So that's a little bit of the news on Wednesday. But we'll end the show here with a very, and I mean a very good, feel-good story. So this was posted on Instagram by someone, and I will read it here for you all. So apparently this person goes, One of my good friends was on vacation with his family down in the Bahamas, and one day they noticed Sidney Crosby was there having lunch with his girlfriend, who is Kathy Lutner, and another couple. He said, my buddy and his family, they are Penguin season ticket holders, so this was a pretty big deal that they get to see Sidney Crosby. They didn't want to say anything. I totally understand that. Usually when you see like a celebrity like this in public, you want to leave them alone. They probably are just like, hey, I really hope no one recognizes me and stuff just because they want to enjoy their vacation and just enjoy the offseason and stuff. And it looks like they were for a time. Until his friend's 10-year-old daughter was like, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to go over and talk to Sidney Crosby. And she got a photo with him. He came over, actually, to the table, took a photo with the entire family. And apparently Sid actually stayed and chatted for a while about Pittsburgh, hockey in general, and just a bunch of small talk. And then they learned at the end he picked up their tap. He paid for their food and drinks. And he left an autograph and a nice note for it. The 10 year old daughter of this person's friend. Just a tremendous person through and through. Everyone that listens to us watches the show, you all should be forever thankful that Sidney Crosby is the captain of your team. He is as great of a person on the ice as he is off the ice. Honestly, you could probably say he's a better person off the ice than he is on the ice. And I think he's a pretty awesome person on the ice. That's no slight to his on ice play. But he does this time after time as us jews like to say he is a mensch i read a story a couple years ago how he saw people playing pond hockey up in nova scotia during a break and he was driving by with his girlfriend Kathy and him and her went out there and he just started playing hockey with them and she was she took their pictures like who does that like that is incredible he does so much work around in the city of pittsburgh with you know the foundation and he also goes to the local hospital to check on you know, patience and all that, and he he loves doing it too. You know that that's from you know. I don't think I need to say I've heard that. You can just see that he loves doing it. You know the, the videos that come out of him, and they're speaking with children who are in the hospital, and it, it's just they're that you can see them brighten up when he comes in. That is just how great of a person he is, and he is a tremendous ambassador for the game of hockey especially off the ice. So I want to end the show with a really feel good moment for you all as Penguins fans. So that'll do it for this one. Thank you all so much for listening slash watching. I'll be back with another episode for you all on Friday, and then we will be full steam ahead for next week. Maybe just maybe we'll finally get a GM higher next week. And then that'll be a really fun episode for that. So again, thank you all so much for listening slash watching really appreciate it. I'll be back with another episode on Friday friday